This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio, and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly.
That's right, folks. We only have a minute, only 60 seconds in it, forced upon us, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to us to use it. We must suffer if we lose it, give account if we abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but an eternity is in it. Greetings to everybody across America. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am excited about another opportunity to be on the air with you to share some ideas that will help you to do more, to be more, to achieve more, to live better lives, to have greater success, and enjoy the process. So I am grateful for you taking time out today to come and join us. And I want to thank all of you who send me notes. I want to thank you for all the congratulatory notes just last week on on LinkedIn, celebrating seven years of being on SiriusXM, as well as all the notes saying, congratulations, Dr. Jolly, on now being the number one motivational, inspirational show on Serious XM across America. So I am grateful for all of your notes. Please keep sending them. Please going to keep going to my website and send me notes, willyjolly.com, and go to my faith-based site, jollygoodnews.org, jollygoodnews.org, where you'll see me with the, uh, at the Hour Power and at uh, uh, First Baptist of Glen Arden and on TPN and all of those places. Messages there to just encourage and inspire you. And finally, Monday nights, every Monday night, absolutely free, I do Monday school. It's an absolute free half hour of faith-based improvement where we talk about how you can live a better life using biblical principles. It's like Sunday school, but on Mondays. So Monday night at 8, all you got to do is become a part of my Google Hangout circle and you can get it absolutely free and then you can get the replays on Jolly Good News. Well, uh, I want to take a moment to greet everybody who I met at the Get Motivated seminar uh, that we did recently. We've been going around the country and I'm coming to a city near you. I'm honored that they invited me and asked me to replace my mentor, Zig Ziglar, as the new opening speaker for the Get Motivated Seminar, and I'm grateful for that. Give God the glory. And so I'm grateful, and I'll be coming to a city near you. So we've got uh, lots of cities over the next few months. Go to getmotivated.com for the lineup. And then finally, you know, I take the beginning of every show, a moment the beginning of every show to give God glory, to give him praise, to give him honor, because he's worthy of the praise. And I know everybody who's listening doesn't believe like I believe. But I'm not trying to make you believe. I just want to let you know how I believe, what my success is. When I wrote my book, A Setback is a Setup for a Comeback, sent it to the publisher. They sent me a note, said, we thought you were writing a success book. Why are you talking about God so much in your book? And I I said, well, I don't know how to talk about success without talking about God. How to take the God out of my success is taking wet out of water to fire, hot out of fire. can't be done in my life. So I just give God glory at the beginning of every show, and I'm grateful. Today's show, we're not going to be ashamed about talking about God because I got a man who loves the Lord. He is known for loving the Lord around the world. They, we, today we have the one and only. Uh, well, let me give you a quick synopsis of his, his bio. I mean, you know, everybody knows him. I don't really have to give the bio, but he is a New York Times number one best-selling author. He also was the first African-American coach, head coach, to win the Super Bowl. Oh, y'all know who I'm talking about. That's right. I could go on and on. It's the one and only Coach Tony Dungy. Coach, are you there? 
Hey, Dr. Jolly. It is great to be with you. Thanks for having me on the show today. Well, Coach, it's just a joy to have you. I want to thank you for coming and being. We've been trying to get it. You're a busy man, but we got you now that the football season has slowed down a little bit. You got a little break, and so we are grateful that we were able to get you on and and uh, so glad to have you. God bless you. I want to give a shout-out to a couple people who helped to make this happen. Uh, JB, uh, everybody knows JB, uh, James Brown, my dear friend, and we text each other all the time with scriptures, and then Ron Pemberton, uh, and, and uh, Coach, you have a prayer call that many of these gentlemen get on. i just give you a quick shout-out about it. You might want to mention that, uh, what you do to pray and help young men and men and people, uh, not just men, women and men, every week. What is that you do? Well, it's been pretty awesome. It actually started out when I started working for NBC. After I retired, I started broadcasting, and James Brown has been my mentor in the broadcasting business. And one of the questions I asked him was, hey, working on Sundays, I used to have our chapel service with the team, but now I have to go to work on Sundays, and during the football season, I miss my regular church service. And James said, well, we have a little Bible study that we do at the hotel before we go to the studio and do the show. So I joined that, and it was awesome. It helped me get my day started right, uh, helped me focus in on the Lord before I went to work on Sunday morning. Amen. And well, then yes. he said, well, you know, at the end of the season, we shouldn't just break this up. We can do this by phone and stay in contact. So we, we started that about four years ago, and it's, it's grown now. We have about 50 people on Thursday afternoon for an hour that we have a Bible study on the phone. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I've been able to jump on once or twice where my schedule will allow it, and it's just awesome. And the people come and pray and, and, and reach out for each other and love each other and encourage each other. So I want to encourage you to just keep doing that because you're making a difference, as you know. And I'm thankful for uh, all of the folks who have just uh, talked about your impact on their lives, all the people from your first book, uh, Quiet Strength, and, and, uh, and the, the book the latest book, Uncommon Marriage, uh, you know, you have just been really prolific in getting the message out about what God has done in your life. But let's assume, though, let's assume that somebody somewhere in America does not know the Tony Dungy story, uh, how you were a professional football player who wanted to become a coach. Now, tell us a quick synopsis of what I might have left out. You went to college, you played for the Pittsburgh, I believe for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But why don't you give us a quick synopsis? Yeah, that, that, that's it. I went to the University of Minnesota with the dreams of playing in the NFL. I played for three years and was blessed to be on a Super Bowl team, uh, Super Bowl thirteen with the Steelers, and I thought that was going to be my life's work, playing in the NFL. But really, God was setting me up to be a coach. I only played three years. I got traded around a couple of times, played in some different systems, but I played for two Hall of Fame coaches, for Chuck Knoll and for Bill Walsh. And they taught me the game and taught me how to do things well. And God was setting me up to be a coach. I only played three years in the league, but I ended up coaching for 31 years. Wow. That's what God was really setting me up to do. Wow. Coaching for 31 years. And, and that coaching, you, you, you moved a lot, didn't you? You were in a lot of different cities. And, and uh, from the book, boy, it's a great story of how y'all had to be really just uh, creative. You and As you married and started a family, you would have to go different places. Isn't that correct? It is correct, and that is part of the thing about the National Football League. It's like life. Uh, there are ups and downs. Things don't always go smoothly. 
you have to try to follow the Lord and figure out where he's taking you. And uh, for us, it did involve a, a couple of moves, some moves that we wanted to make, we thought would be in our best interest, and some that uh, we had to walk in faith where, you know, I got fired or let go from jobs, and then we had to discover where the next place uh, was. But it was, a, it was a journey for us, and it, it kind of culminated in 1996. I'd been an assistant coach for 15 years, and I got the head coaching job at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't know anyone in Tampa, didn't know anyone in that organization, but I really felt like that's where the Lord wanted us. And they had had, I think, 13 straight losing seasons when I got hired, and we started to win. We got became a playoff team. We got close to the Super Bowl a couple times, and I'm just thinking, this is where I'm going to be, and, and somehow this is going to be my life story being here in Tampa. Well, um, I got fired uh, after six years there. We didn't win a Super Bowl, and, and the ownership got impatient. So when I got fired, it, it was, again, the same process. What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Um, I have to follow the Lord and figure out, does he want me to stay here in Tampa and get into something else, or does he have another football team, another city for us to go to? We went to Indianapolis, made new friends. Really found a, a new ministry there, and we did end up winning that Super Bowl in, in 2007. So uh, it's been an awesome ride, but really just one f- of faith from mm. the very beginning, trying to figure out where God wanted us and what we're supposed to do. The one thing for me that was so nice, though, I always knew whatever city I was in, whatever job I had, I felt like I was representing the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that's what I'm excited about, folks, because you're going to have setbacks, folks. You're going to have setbacks. You know, I wrote the book Setback Set Up for a Comeback, and in it I talk about the fact that life is twists and turns, ups and downs, ins and outs. You're going to have setbacks in this process called life. But you must have the faith to believe that all things are working together for your good. You know, Scripture says that all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. He has a purpose for you. He has a meaning for you. He has a a program for you. You've got to trust that all things are working together for the good. We're going to take a quick break in a minute, but we want to come back with Coach. We want to come back and talk about what you did between that getting fired (laughs) and the Super Bowl. What you did to build you. One, build your your guys, the people in your, your organization, and then build your family and your future because there had to be some strategies. You could have just said, oh, well, I, I don't know what to do. But those leadership tools, those leadership skills, those leadership strategies are what I believe many of these listeners who are small business people, who are pastors, who are, who are, uh, are trying to get in business, who are entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, they need to hear. So we're going to be right back after this break with more from the one and only Coach Tony Dungy. You're listening to the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show across America, and for sure, the best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of 
interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Jolly Across America, and my special guest today is the one and only Coach Tony Dungy, New York Times best-selling author of the book Quiet Strength and the new book. I've got it on my desk right here, Uncommon Marriage, and it's a, a story about how he and his bride, Lauren, have been able to stay married for over 30 years through ups and downs, ins and outs, traveled, uh, d- uh, separations uh, because he's coaching and she's got the family and all sorts of things, but they've been able to survive, not only survive, but thrive with all the challenges and he tells in his book, great book, by the way, it's a great kind of, both of them giving back and forth kind of commentary. You'll love it. I highly recommend it. And if you have not read Quiet Strength, you've got to read it. Just hear his story uh, and the story. But I want to ask him, since I got him, about the story. Because you you built these Tampa Bay. We were all proud of you. you. We saw you turn this team around. You were, you know, you were close to Super Bowl. And then they fire you. <laughs> you got fired. You had a setback. And, I mean, what what was the strength? You know, so imagine you're in a room with some college uh, students, coach, and you're giving them life lessons on success and on going forward and building their lives, building their businesses. What would you tell them going through this process? Well, for me, it was, uh, it was a process. And I, I tell people all the time, moments in life are snapshots. They're mm. photographs. And some photographs are beautiful, some photographs are painful, but they're not the movie. And only God knows the whole movie Mm. and can see it from beginning to end. So don't get stuck on a photograph. Mm. And that's what happened to me. We had gotten fired. We were close to the Super Bowl. Uh, I I felt like this was the place we're supposed to be. This is where God wanted us. We're going to win. Got a great team here, young guys looking up to me, a staff that's dependent on me. And all of a sudden, it was done with over and the owner says you know we're going to go in another direction well it was it was devastating 
painful. But I, I just kept reminding myself, and, and through the other Christian guys on my staff, we kind of just said the same thing to each other. It, it's, a, it's a snapshot in time, but it's not the movie. Mm. Let's, let's keep going and finish the movie. Mm. So uh, at that point, I just was, was praying and saying, you know, where am I supposed to go, God? Are you trying to take me out of the football business, and do you want me to get into something else that's going to be productive here in Tampa, or do you have another team, another organization for me to head up? And about six days later, my phone rang, and it was Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, and, and he said, I know how I want to run my team. I know what type of team I want, what type of men I want. We want to win, but we want to represent the community well. We want to be a positive force in the community, and I want you to be my coach. And it was the beginning of an awesome seven years. Wow, wow. So when you went there, you had a team that was um, maybe not as disciplined as you might have wanted. What did you do to build first? I guess first question, what did you do to build you? Okay, let's talk about you because you can't build somebody else until you build you. Right. And then then what did you do to build them? So where did you start? You How did you build Tony Dungy into the person? I know your parents had an impact, but what did you do to build you? Well, the, the biggest thing that I did was try to figure out what I wanted out of life. And did I want to be successful or did I want to be significant? Mm. And I think many of us just fall short because we'll settle for success. I want to be materially successful. I want to be the best at what I do. But I always felt like I wanted to not only be good at my job, but I wanted to impact the community. I wanted to be a positive force. I wanted to help the young men that I work with become better people and not just better players. So I started to focus in on that and how can I develop myself, make sure I'm honoring the Lord in everything that I do, make sure I'm taking care of my family as best I can while I'm putting all this energy into my football career. One of the blessings I had when I first came into the National Football League, I was a 21-year-old rookie with the Steelers, and my coach was a guy by the name of Chuck Knoll. When I got there, they had won two Super Bowls already, and I sat down in the first meeting to listen to Coach Noel talk to us. And the first thing he said to the new guys, he said, Welcome to the National Football League. You're now getting paid to play football, so that makes it your profession. But understand this, it can't be your life. If Mm. you make football your life, you're going to be disappointed. And I was 21 years old at that point, and, and at that time, football probably was my life. But that had an impact on me, and, and I started looking at the older guys and talking to other guys and seeing you can't get into this 24-7 and have your whole identity fixed on your career. Your identity has to be who you are and, and, and what you are as a person. So that's what I tried to focus on, and, and that's where I got better, I think, as a person, and it made me a better coach. Mm, that that this is profound, folks, because many times we see people who get so focused on success and creating financial success, and we want you to do that. We want you to have great success and financial success and wealth building. But remember that wealth comes in mu- multiple forms. You got reputational wealth, um, intellectual wealth, wealth. You've got uh, relationship wealth. You've got a wealth that comes from the type of person, the character you are, that well, the type of character you have. My dad used to say to me all the time. He said you got to be a 
man of character because money will come and go. But don't let it impact your good name. Make sure your good name stands above all. And so this is exactly what he's talking about because that's going to be the key to your long-term success. Well, you went on to uh, learn the football game, obviously, but you didn't just learn to play the game. You learned to think the game. Where did you learn to think about coaching? Where did that come from? You know, again, that was God's plan. I was a quarterback my entire life, uh, elementary school, junior high, high school, and college. Uh, and then when I went to the NFL and I went to the Steelers, they switched me to defense, to defensive back. I didn't know anything about that side of the ball and that side of the game, but I had to learn it. Mm. Again, it was a disappointment for me. You talk about a setback. Yes. Well, I've been a quarterback my entire life. I think I'm going to get a chance to play quarterback, and I didn't. And it was disappointing, but I said, I'm going to take hold of this, grab it, and, and learn everything I can. Again, I didn't know God was preparing me to be a coach, so I had spent 15 years learning offense. Now I come to play for Coach Noel, and I learned the defense. But later on, this would help me as I became a coach because I knew a little bit more about the game than most guys who only played one phase or the other. Um, and and Playing for Coach Noel, you had to think the game. You, mm. He didn't like players who weren't smart, who didn't understand what was going on and why it was happening. So I just had the best training uh, that, that you could have and then uh, got the blessing of being hired on his staff when I was 25 years old. Um, I had been traded a couple times, been released by teams. Again, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And Coach Noel called me. He said, you grasp things so well. I think you've got a future as a coach. Come be on my staff and, and learn that side of it. So I got the blessing of starting as an assistant coach in the NFL at 25 years old. Wow, wow. Now, the, folks, I just took a couple notes. You know, I always pull pearls out of things that hit me and strike me. Yeah, look, it, it's important to be a learner, not just an earner. You can earn on your job, but you should be looking and thinking and and learning everything you can about it. One of the things that Coach Dungy became known as was a defensive specialist. They, you know, when you'd hear Coach Dungy, he'd say, "This guy knows defenses." But remember, he started as an offensive specialist, but he continued to grow and learn and think not just the game, think the game, not just play the game. I wrote that down because I believe you need to think through what it is you're doing and not just perform because it's it's a talent. You want to take, as Michael Jordan said, talent is God-given, ability takes work. And so you must work on the thinking process of how do I become better at this? How do I grow this? So you go on coach, you become an assistant coach, and then you keep going from team to team. Am I correct as an assistant coach? Yeah, I ended up uh, started in Pittsburgh. I went to Kansas City for three years. I was in Pittsburgh eight, Kansas City for three. I went to Minnesota for four. And about the time I was in Minnesota, people started saying, well, this guy might be a, a, a very good head coach down the road. He's going to be a head coach. And I started getting interviews, and uh, I wasn't getting the jobs. Mm. People uh, thought because of my personality, maybe a lot because of my Christian faith, uh, that maybe I didn't have the right type of personality to be a head coach. Some people looked at the racial side of it. Back then, there weren't a lot of African-American coaches, and they were saying, well, it's just a racial prejudice. But I think for me, it was more the fact that I, I didn't curse, I didn't raise my voice a lot, didn't use profanity. And uh, some owners felt like, well, I'm not sure if he's going to be demanding enough. 
Mm. Uh, and people wanted me to try to change, and I, I really couldn't because that's who I was, and I, I tell my players all the time, I'm a Christian. That's the way I'm going to coach you. I'm not going to demean you. I'm not going to belittle you. I'm not going to use profanity to get you to play. I'm going to help you be as good as you can be. Uh, so for a while, people were saying, well, he may not get a head coaching job because I don't know if that way can be successful. Mm. But again, I just said, this is, I have to stick to my guns and my beliefs and do it the way that, that I know how. And eventually I did get that chance at Tampa Bay. Wow. Well, he went on, as you he told us already, Tampa Bay took them from the losing column. And I think there's a couple things here that uh, I, I, I wrote in the book, I, I made notes in the book that were interesting about the Bucks. He said uh, on page 113, when I was in Minnesota, we knew that if we could get the, get the Bucks down early, they would give up. We could win easily. But if they started well, they would be competitive with us uh, to the end. It seemed that the team had cultivated a fragile mindset that had affected their play for years. They always expected to, something to go wrong, and it usually did. Mm. Mindset. Isn't that pr- profound, uh, Coach? We're going to take a quick break for station identification, but when I come back, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about mindset development. And then the next page, we got some points I want to um, throw out at you about uh, the things you taught the team about how to change that mindset because folks I say this over and over again if you ever come to the get motivated seminars you ever hear me speak I talk about mindset first then skill set mindset first then skill set because until you develop the mindset the skill set will be always hampered handicapped but if you develop that mindset the winner's mindset then you add on different skill sets you'll be able to take any kind of situation and turn that into a winning situation so we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back after this break for station identification. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I've got Coach Tony Dungy on what a great man of God or what a great man of integrity and character. I love this quote. Uh, before we get into the, the, the rest of the book, there's a quote he had here from Coach uh, Knowles that I really loved a lot. It says, champions are champions not because they do anything extraordinary, but because they do the ordinary things better than anyone else. And that's what Coach Dungy has taught. He taught his team to do that. He went to Tampa Bay and turned the team around that had a reputation for, if you could 
could get them and lose. You can get them down quick. They're gonna go. They're gonna throw in the towel. And we see that happening in business and with people's lives. Life throws them. Uh, the demonic forces throw them into a, a tailspin because something goes wrong and they go out. And you were able to change that thinking. How did you do that, Coach Dundee? What were the secrets to, to turning around somebody's mindset? You knew this team was a well-known team for for giving up and throwing in the towel. Yeah, before the break, you talked about how critical that was, and, and that's what we saw when we competed against the Buccaneers. Very talented team with talented players, but not able to handle adversity. And you're not going to be able to win if you can't handle adversity because mm-hmm. there's very few situations where everything goes smooth, everything goes according to plan. Um, so that's what we had to work on and mm-hmm. say, you know what, we've got to put talent together with mindset and attitude and so we practiced that way we made things difficult we made it tough we we said we're going to sort out the people who aren't tough-minded and soon we, we got people to think that it's not going to be easy it is going to be difficult but you know what if we stick to what we know and we do just what you said in coach Knowles quote if we do the ordinary things the everyday things well all the time We'll get through the difficult periods. Hmm. Wow. Well, you gave some. Um, uh, you give some great tips here uh, on page one fourteen. I uh, know one sixteen. I'm sorry of the book. Uh, and then before the folks who, who are just joining us, the book is Quiet Strength, uh, the New York Times bestselling book that uh, Coach Dungey uh, wrote. He said, uh, "Here's some things." people had distractions. They had they had excuses. At a team man meeting, I ran through a list of excuses our players could easily hang a poor season on if they chose to. We have a new coaching staff. We have a new system. We have subpar facility. We have a young quarterback. We never get the benefit of the doubt from officials. Uh, we have distractions over a stadium. We might, have, we might have to move. We never win in the cold. And he said they were all great excuses, and we could have used any of them. However, our goal was to win football games, and excuses were not an option. Instead, I told them we expect several things of them, and I'm going to go through these things, and you can expand on them. Be a pro. Yes, be a professional. Know your job and do your job every day. Uh, No excuses. Just do your job. If we do that, we're going to win. Do your job with excellence, folks. I want you all to do whatever you do, and you will win. Act like a champion. That's a big one. Yes, and that is on the field and off the field. I didn't raise my voice very much to the players. One time I can remember at Tampa losing control and actually – getting upset we had two players miss speaking engagements that they were supposed to do on their off day and i talked about responsibility and doing the little things and things that matter and integrity these are the things that we're going to win for us and it manifested itself off the field don't come into me and say hey I, i know my assignments i play as hard as i can i don't make mistakes on the field but you can't count on me off the field or you can't count on me in my personal life because to me, they go hand in hand. Mm. Respond to adversity, don't react. Yes, know that adversity is coming. And how do we respond? By doing our job, by doing the things that we're coached to do, not by going off on an official for a bad call, not by going off on a teammate who makes a mistake. Let's respond and let's make the situation better. 
Mm. I like to put it, don't go crazy when crazy happens in your life. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Because somebody acting crazy don't mean I got to join in and act like it too. Be on time. Oh, that's a big one. It is because I and I told our players if you're not on time, it tells me one of two things. It tells me number one, you don't care enough about what's happening here to to be here when you're supposed to be, so it doesn't mean anything to you. Or number two, it means something, but you're not dependable. Mm. So if you're not dependable or you don't care about what's going on, we can't use you. You're not going to help us. It's got to be critical, and the first way you show that you care. And the first way you show that you're dependable is being where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Now, let me tell you, you preaching to me like now, right now, because I got to work on that part of my life. (laughs) I got to work on that part. I'm working on it, though, Coach. I'm working. (laughs) It's a a work in progress, but it's important. Amen. Uh, Execute. Execute. Do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. Yeah, that that was the, the first part of our sign expectations and execution and expectations are what you think and you've got to have high goals and you've got to believe you can do it then comes the execution working on it making sure you practice so you put yourself in position to do the right things and then it just becomes a habit so when you get in pressurized situations you're not thinking about what you have to do you're not worried if you can do it it's just you know what we execute we do our job no matter how much pressure there is, and we're going to be fine. In my book, An Attitude of Excellence, I, I have a quote, and I think it's from Aristotle, who says, uh, excellence is not just a habit, it's a lifestyle. And you become part of it yeah. but the more you do it. So, folks, yeah. I want you to make a commitment. You heard it right there, and I wrote a note about the fact that it's about, one, expectations and execute. Expectations are what you think, and execute is what you do, and you got to make a commitment to be excellent. Always give more. I tell my son as an attorney in New York, if they pay you a dollar, give them $2 worth of work. If they tell you to be there at 8 o'clock, be there at 7.45. If they stay, stay to 5, you stay to 5.20, 5.30. Because you go, you go the extra mile because you'll stand out like a sore thumb and so that's what i encourage us take ownership you put that one as a big one that's huge um because it's easy to blame someone else that's the first thing we we normally do when something goes wrong it was his fault i could have done this if he'd have done that but we told all of our players no let's let's take ownership let's look at what we could do better and if we fail we fail together as a group and then we'll look at how we as a group can improve Let's not point fingers. Let's not blame anybody else. Let's take ownership of the situation, and pretty soon we'll we'll like what we're seeing. Mm, this is, folks. This works not just for football. It works for for life, for business, for success. Whatever. Last one was whatever it takes. No excuses. No explanations. Mm. Yeah, that that was the bottom line. And if you talk to players now who still live in the Tampa area that were with us in 1996. There's some guys who are in the Hall of Fame now that they go back to that. Expectations, execution, no excuses, no explanations. We don't have to tell people why we didn't get the job done. We don't have to go into it. Let's just focus on, as you said, what we think and what we do. If we focus on that, we're going to be fine. Now, on the next page, there's something that caught my attention. In my book, Setback, Set Up for Comeback, uh, and, and Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks, chapter number three says, don't panic. 
Whatever you do, don't panic. Because panic is taken from the Greek word to choke. When you panic, you choke off the air to your brain. You cannot think clearly. You cannot make wise decisions. In, in 1929, there was a stock market crash. People panicked. They jumped off of bridges. They blew out their brains, not knowing and realizing the, the market would come back bigger and better than ever. And so panic is something that happens because it creates a mob mentality. The, the, the herd runs off the edge of the cliff. You say very clearly, when things go poorly, things don't go well, don't panic. We won't panic. And you you, you just drummed that into their brain, didn't you? I did. And I, again, I got that from Coach Noel, my coach with the Steelers. He used to say all the time, leaving your game plan is a sign of panic, and panic is not in our game plan. Mm. So it was just the fact Ooh. that when things go wrong, what are we going to do? Let's focus, tighten it down, focus back on what we're supposed to do rather than look at anything outside just focus on what we're supposed to do, and that'll guide us. So don't worry. Don't think about all these other things. Focus on the game plan. Ooh, now, that's a big one because, you know, in life, we look, we don't, we're not football players. I'm not, I look at, I'm a great Sunday, uh, Monday morning quarterback. I'm telling you, I'm, a, I'm great at Monday morning quarterback. I can tell you what to do. But I don't know anything about, do you actually stay with the game plan even if things go south real fast? I mean, good teams do. Mm. Yeah, you fall behind by two touchdowns, something goes wrong. The easy thing is to say, oh, okay, we've got to change this now. We've got to get back in the game fast. Let's do this now. Let's do that. But you, you studied all week and you put together a plan. This is the best way to attack this team. Just because something went wrong in the first quarter, that doesn't mean your whole plan was wrong. Stay with it, and you're probably going to be much better off. Wow. So let's 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 take that analogy to the next place. Let's say with people, with life. You know, uh, you should have a game plan. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you should sit down and think about it. Plan out your life. Plan out your future. Now, of course, life has setbacks, has twists and turns. But if you know your vision, Scripture says write the vision, make it plain, read, read, the, read it so you can run to it. And so God has said, if you will just plan, and who you know, he puts through the Bible, and I tell people all the time, the Bible is not just a great salvation book. It's an incredible success book because Absolutely. God has given us the success principles. He said no man would make a, a a building without having a plan and doing some organization and seeing if he has the cost to be able to pay for the building. So what we want to do is help people to start saying, okay, I'm going to use my faith to achieve and be more focused on it. And that's what you have done with your, your football career. You have used your faith to achieve more. Isn't that correct? That is, that is so true. And just trying to demonstrate to people that hey, that's where, where my foundation is. And I'm going to do things this way, and I'm going to honor the Lord in everything that I do. It just happens to be in football right now, but it doesn't matter uh, because when I'm not coaching football, I'm doing things the same way. When I'm raising my kids, when I'm um, just trying to be a good neighbor, when I'm doing whatever I do in the community, I'm still trying to honor the Lord and use those Christian principles. That's my game plan. Mm. And whether I'm successful, whether I'm coaching the Super Bowl team or whether I just got fired, I'm not changing my game plan. Mm. Folks, 
This is profound, and I hope y'all get it. Now, y'all know where I stand, but I love this because this is not just me talking. This is someone who's seen it, who's done it, who's succeeded at the highest levels, saying, hey, I'm putting God first. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making him my, my, my co-partner here. We're putting, we putting a game plan together that will impact not just me and not just my family today or my, my career today, but it's really about significance. Let me read this as we go to break. Uh, page 144. God's definition of success is really one of significance. The significant difference our lives can make is the lives of others. This significance doesn't show up in a win-loss record, long resumes, or the trophies gathering dusk on our mantles. It's found in the hearts and lives of those who come across, that we've come across who are in some way better because of the way we lived. Hallelujah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Coach Tony Dungy, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for sure, the best is yet to come. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to WJSpeaks.com dot com slash billionaire 
wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back You're with Dr. Willie Jolly. Again, if you're in uh, any of the cities that I'm coming to with the Get Motivated Tour, please come up and say hello to me after I speak. I usually come out into the audience and uh, meet and greet folks. And uh, if you are not on my VT, Jolly VT, J-O-L-L-E-Y, Virtual Transformation Program, go to Jolly VT. Our sponsor is Lightspeed VT this year, and we're grateful for them. And they've got lots of great uh programs to help you grow. We've got uh, Shep Hyken and Tom Hopkins and um, Randy Gage and so many have these VTs that have impacted people's lives. Now I've got Jolly VT, Attitude and Excellence and helping you to grow your business, your people. So go to Jolly VT and there's a free trial now that we've put up there so you can access that. Um, and again, getmotivated.com to see the cities we're going to. I know we're going to Indianapolis, Dallas, Denver, and St. Louis. Now, in this book that I have in my hand, Uncommon Marriage, Learning About Lasting Love and Overcoming Life's Obstacles Together, this is a beautiful picture of Coach Dungey and Lauren Dungey. And I must say, Coach, you did like me. You way over married. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. That's uh, one of the real blessings in my life. Oh, right. man, me and you are in the, uh, we are in the Hall of Fame for m- marrying well. <laughs> Over married. I'm mar- so I'm at 30 years this year. You are now how, how many years? Just coming up on 33. Wow. Okay, so 30 years, 33 years. We know that, that marriage is, uh, is work, but also that it's the sweetest work I could ever have. Let's talk about what you did because it impacts, marriage impacts your business. And people, as I was saying offline, that I have friends who are trying to go through divorces or talk about it, and I'm trying to encourage them to go to counseling, and I'm trying to help because I know it impacts every part of your life. And, and it's usually little things that get a little off track that become big things. Am I right? That, that's what it is. And you just have to stay involved and stay communicating and understand that um, your spouse is the most important person in your life. Mm. Your spouse is more important than your job. It doesn't seem like it at times because, especially with men, we can spend 12 hours, 13 hours, 15 hours at work uh, because we have to. But that doesn't mean that that work is more important. And that's the, the thing that we have to understand, and we've got to keep communicating that to our spouse. So if you were sitting in a room with a bunch of couples and they said, okay, we are struggling here, what are the steps that you would tell them? Okay, folks, here are the, here are the, the, the keys to 30-plus uh, years of happy marriage. or you know, What is it that you tell people? What are your, well, what are for, your for us, we always, whenever we had difficulties, Lauren and I would say, let's put our focus on Christ, Mm. because if we're both focused on that, then we'll come back together. Mm. Um, And and that, to me, is the the number one thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you want your, your spouse's best interest at heart. Someone told me once, if I only love someone when they make me feel good, then I don't really love them. I love me. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to practice loving my spouse all the time and putting her needs first. But I can do that if I'll focus on Christ because that'll end up drawing us both in the same direction. Mm, mm. Say that one more. I only love someone when they make me feel good. <laughs> if they, I only love someone when they make me feel good, then I don't really love them. I love me. Mm. Folks, y'all hope y'all catch that one because that's good. That is uh, that is really good. And, and then what else do you tell them, uh, Coach, about communication? Well, uh, that's the biggest thing, just talking through things. And you're not always going to agree. You're not always going to have the same viewpoint. But if you talk through it and talk about why you think a certain way and and why you want to do something, you'll generally come to a consensus on it and you'll get through it. But it's the times when you say, no, we're doing it this way because that's what I want to do or I don't see another way in it, that's when you put up the – the kind of the walls and the barriers, and that's when things get a little a, a little tense. Mm, that, that that's that's helpful, folks, because you got to talk why. That's a very big, important point, and I love that. Uh, I, I'll give you a quick synopsis. I had my son was in town from uh, for for Easter from New York, and he had a bunch of his friends over. Two of them I'd known, and they came over and they said we're getting ready to get married. And they said, "Your uh, William says you and your wife has some some simple things that you tell him." I say, "Well, number one, put God first. He's got to be an equal part of this marriage. It's like a." triangle. Uh, and triangle has three sides, 33, 33, and 34. God gets 34. He's the key. So everything is, he's at the top of our marriage. Number two, we talk about everything. Everything. Not good things, easy things, everything. And we are open to say I'm sorry quickly. Wow. How about that, Coach? That's a great point, too. Um, it's human nature to say it's not my fault and it's the other person's fault. It's tough to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I'm sorry, and let's move forward. Right. And that that's what you have to do. Mm. Uh, that doesn't allow things to fester. That doesn't allow things to become bigger than they really are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a couple other things we say. Now, here's a big one, Coach, and I don't know if you, you uh, touch on this in your book. I, I, I got through most of the book. It's who breaks the tie? Okay, that's one of the things we tell people in that uh, you've got to make some first two ground rules. When you have a disagreement, you have to have the game rules on the table. Yeah. So when we were new married, uh, my wife and I, her brother was coming to visit. We went to get Chinese food. She wanted eight eight pieces. I wanted four pieces. And we got in a big argument about it. I mean, it was just so small. But And she said, if you don't do it, I'm leaving you. And I hollered at her. And she said, and I, and I, well, I hollered first. And then she said, I'm leaving you. And it was that moment I said, uh-oh, this is a problem. And I said, I, I can't handle you saying you leave me. And she said, I can't handle you hollering. And that was 28 years ago. I had, And we made a re- rule, a deal. I would never raise my voice to her, and she would never threaten to leave. And 28 years later, we had kept that. What about Amen. that? What kind of, you know, making sure you have some rules of engagement? I mean, what about that, Coach? Yeah, the, and, and I guess our rules were always try not to make it personal. Mm. You know, that, it, it figure out the problem and try to get to the solution, but don't look at it as personal. Oh, he wants this and I want that. And then number two, you talked about breaking the ties. Yes. Uh, we just believe as Christian 
biblical principles that if it is a dispute like that, the husband breaks the tie. But my responsibility as a husband is to love my wife, to mm. put my wife's interests first. So I'm breaking the ties, but if I do it in the biblical way and put my wife's interests first, I'll make the right decision. Woo, so you know what, folks? Now, that y'all see, I didn't say that. I wanted to hear his take. Here's how I said to the young man. I said, look. And to the young woman, I said, you know, the husband's job is, is the head of the household. That's what the Bible says, and yep. I just stand on it. I said, but my wife is the—I'm the head, she's the neck. And so I can't turn the head without the neck. And so if I want to go left, she want to go right, I'm going to say, why do you want to go right? Nine times out of ten, I'm going to go right, because she can see something I can't see in that mm-hmm. my blind spot. And nine times—now, the only time we've had deals where I had to break the tie and say go against it was with some of them with the children. And over the years, you know, we've, we've said, this is what we got to do— it's uncomfortable, but we got to do it. And she would say, you know, I don't want to do that, but I'm with you. And she, even if I was wrong, she never said I told you so, mm-hmm. ever, because we are in this together. Once we make that decision, we we in this, this game together. And, I, and let me tell you, folks, if you get that principle established early on, you'll see greater success. One more thing that, that, that messes up families, coach, is money. Money, money, money. Come on, somebody. What do, how do people handle the money? How do they handle the money? Because somebody want to do one thing with the money and somebody else want to do another. What do, you, what do you and Lauren have as a, a standard? Well, again, our guide is, is put the Lord first, and making sure we're, we're biblical with it. Uh, we don't believe in debt, so that phases a lot of things out right there. Yep. If we just say, you know what, if God hasn't provided it for us, we need to wait for it, that has helped us tremendously. Folks, if now if that didn't preach, that preach. Don't believe in no debt. Don't debt your life up. Don't buy stuff you can't afford. Live below your means. And if God wants you to have it, you'll work. He'll open doors. He'll open opportunities. And God will pour out a blessing. Just as I tell you, when you've heard my financial program, if you've ever listened to this, you got a dollar, the first dime goes to the Lord. The second dime you save. The third dime you invest. And you live on 70% of what you make. And you you can do okay. You'll do well. And God will bless you. Because he said, I'll pour you out a blessing. You can't take it in. This is good stuff, Coach Dungy. This is good stuff. Well, you know, I only got a minute. Closing thoughts. Uh, you have just been a joy to be with. Any closing thoughts, Coach? Well, I, um, closing thoughts is, um, I guess, from my first book, Quiet Strength, the, the guiding principle in there is Matthew sixteen twenty six. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? I've seen that happen in the National Football League a lot. I've seen it happen in life. People chasing after success but forfeiting their soul because they weren't honoring the Lord, and that's no good in the long run. Wow. Folks, give God the glory. Give him the praise. Coach, uh, is there a website or anywhere that people can get your books or anything like that? Um, they can actually look at the books uh, on CoachDungy.com okay. where they can find all the, all the books. Oh, my, my, my. Well, Coach, hang on when this is over. I want to give you my cell phone so you can call me anytime and we can take and connect it. And then, right, folks, yes, uh, I want y'all to remember to come come every week. Tell your friends, family, loved ones, Lottie Dottie and everybody. We are bringing the best and the brightest thought leaders to this show. And I give God the glory for opening the door so that we can bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Stay focused on your goals. Stay focused on your dreams. Remember that all things are possible for them that believe. And I will look to talk Talk to you next week with another new show. And remember, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, 
your best is yet to come. God bless you. Have a great week on purpose. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Love you, and I'll see you soon. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't treat you fair? Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going nowhere? Have you maybe come to the conclusion that there's nothing at all that you can do? Well, just look in any mirror and you'll see who is really truly stopping you. My, my, my. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.